Welcome to This Girl Puts Out. I'm your host, Carm Macaretta, and I interview real women with real stories about real life stuff. I'm inviting you to laugh, cry, and connect with my guests as they share some of their most impactful life experiences, from their brightest moments to their darkest hours. For more stories and an opportunity to share your own, visit me at thisgirlputsout.com. Welcome everyone to This Girl Puts Out podcast episode number six. Today we're going to talk about something that affects every woman on the planet and that is self-doubt. Unfortunately, this is a common denominator among women and unfortunately too often we let it be the driver that influences almost every aspect of our lives. It is a quiet, insidious thing that just plays in the background of our minds every day, every situation, and most of the time we don't even realize it's happening. So in my quest to build uh, this podcast and website, I stumbled upon hundreds of female entrepreneurs who were dedicating their businesses and their practices and lives to helping women improve self-confidence. And this is just no coincidence. It was clear to me that the group of women that I am, you know, uh, spending time with uh, knows that we have a great problem and we don't want it to hold us back any longer. So, but you have to know how you got somewhere in order to change your trajectory. So enter today's guest, female alchemist and empowerment expert and best-selling author of Pull Back Your Power, Dr. Anne Whitehouse, joining us from the UK. Hello, Anne. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Excellent. When we first met on Zoom last week, I believe I said to you, every young woman on the planet should be receiving this book on their 18th birthday, and I meant it. Uh, this book was life-changing <laughs> for me. It explains so many things that that plague us. Um, it actually forced me to replay my past and I could see how I was affected by self-doubt and limitations at almost every critical point in my life and my career. It was as if you were in my head. <laughs> you were narrating this playback. and um, But it was a really great relief to know that there was nothing wrong with me. Nothing. I was just conditioned. And um, I guess I'll stop talking. We have a lot to get to if we're going to change the world. So, um, and we will start with a little bit about your life and career prior to what I'm going to call the enlightenment. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. Okay. So, I started out as what you would call um, a high-flying academic. I was a scientist. I went to Cambridge University here in the UK. I did my PhD, a postdoctoral research fellow, and then I got a university lectureship in engineering, and I, that's what you would probably call a college professor. So that was how I started out, and I went into my engineering career so uh, excited and enthusiastic and motivated and eager to prove myself as a feminine woman in this man's world. <laughs> I was totally qualified, totally capable. But then when I got there, everything just sort of subtly went wrong. There was nothing blatant, but it felt as if the rug was pulled out from under me. And despite 
my, you know, my, my qualifications and my motivation, in fact, I could do the job just fine. My stress just went up, my anxiety went up, my confidence evaporated. And instead of the longer I was in the job, instead of me getting more confident, I got less so. And basically in my case, the, the stress just completely got out of control. And after uh, about six years in that career, I did what I call a spectacular burnout. <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> I and I lost my, my scientific career. And I also lost my health in the process. Okay, so... Um... This burnout really was a symptom of, well, it was a collection of symptoms, both physical and mental. And you really didn't even know what it was, uh, what was happening. You just knew that you were stressed and you didn't feel well and you were suffering. Totally. And it was as if my work environment was literally poisoning me. I used to say to people that it felt as if I was almost going to my execution, going to work, and that this poisonous energy was was destroying me and that I didn't understand why because there was nothing obviously going on on the surface to explain it. <laughs> when I'd lost that career, when I'd resigned from, from my lectureship, instead of at that point just giving up, mm -hmm. I, my scientist brain was still working and I really decided that I had to investigate what on earth had happened because I, I, I shouldn't have reacted like this. And this totally relates to what you're saying about self-doubt. Because I had those reactions, my immediate thought was, there's something wrong with me. I should be able to thrive in this environment. Yes. I'm not. There's something wrong with me. And then it sort of spirals into this self-judgment fest <laughs> that is so common of women, especially high-achieving, motivated, qualified women. We, we tend to fall into this pattern so easily. And anyway, this, this took me into the, the, the realm of the subconscious mind. And... I soon realized that it was my reaction to life that had caused me to, to, for this to happen. But what I did was I started to investigate the actual programs in you know, deep in the subconscious. And I discovered that there's actually what I, what, what I call like a deep-seated subconscious operating system. Because it's not just in me. You know, if it had mm -hmm. been just me, a one individual is not significant. But... I also found the same pattern of, of stress and burnout and all the same subconscious patterns in many, many other women. And these are women from all different professions, all walks of life, but they were all women who were striving to prove themselves or achieve something or you know, have a, a career out in the world. And the same pattern was, was there. So that led me to this, this understanding that we are... As modern women, we are out there trying to embrace our freedom and our opportunity and prove ourselves. But what's going on under the surface is actually undermining us. It's giving us the opposite message because this subconscious operating system is deeply rooted in the past. And in the past, of course, we have profound disempowerment of women that's been there for millennia. I, I think what was one profound thing, well, there were so many profound things that you said in the book, you talked about how it's natural for the human spirit to want to um, have enrichment and growth. And as females, you know, uh, we want this and we don't, we don't understand there's this thing holding us back. It, it, 
it's there, but we have this innate desire to just move forward and keep pushing and, and going. We don't even realize what it is we're going up against. Other than, of course, we believe it's, it's us. It's us. So, um, so you did this research for about a decade, right? Initially. Well, um, I started working on myself mm -hmm. and then working with other women. Mm -hmm. And it all began to fall into place. You know, so initially, it was simply working with this person and working with that person. But then yeah. the patterns began to form. And then, of course, my scientific brain starts to get excited because then there's a pattern. You've got a real phenomenon. And when you've got a phenomenon, you can work out what the root is. And then that's the first step to finding the solution. <clears throat> so the, the full journey from uh, leaving my lectureship to publishing the book was 18 years. Wow. So that's that's... How long it took for everything to fall into yeah. place and the understanding of what we need to do to, to free ourselves. That is a, a huge body of research. But again, I think once you uncovered that, it's, it's so many women. It's all of us. Um, it was hard to ignore. So can, can we talk just a minute about the, you, you did experience a traumatic life event. Would it be fair to say about halfway through your research? 2014. Okay, so so can you tell us what what happened and how that may have contributed to to who you are now and what you're doing? Well, my daughter Rebecca, uh, she passed away very suddenly when she was seven years old. She passed away in her sleep. I put her to bed after a normal day at school. I thought maybe she looked a bit pale, and when I went to get her from school to school in the morning, she was cold. That that was it. And as you can imagine, that completely shattered my, my, my entire life. And in, in a way, you know, this kind of thing, it, it really focuses what is important. Because if so many people said to me, you know, your life is over because you've lost a child. And you know, you'll, you'll never get over it. And, you know, and as, as if that my whole existence was defined by the fact that my daughter had died. But, you know, it, it wasn't, it never would be mm -hmm. because it's the empowerment of women that's been my passion for so long. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time, Rebecca was, she was like a little spark of light. She was fearless. She was totally confident. So unlike me with mm -hmm. my worries and my, my shyness and all the things I'd struggled with. She just wasn't like that. She was just in this beautiful, sparkly, feminine, powerful energy. So before we lost her, I was, I was passionate about what I was doing. But somehow when I came through all of that trauma out the other side, it had become like a, a mission to change the whole world, <laughs> completely mm. magnified, because it was so much more important to make my life matter and to make a difference in the world. And so, so it, it's absolutely... Uh, <laughs> Just magnified everything, magnified everything. Yeah. And as many women, I was still on the page of sort of holding back and not wanting to promote my work, not wanting to mm -hmm. be too visible, <laughs> be a little bit online, but not too much, right? Uh, <laughs> I think I get it. To that, right? But after that, it became, no, this is, this is too important. The fact that I'm uh, quite, well, quite reticent by nature, quite shy, quite retiring, 
is irrelevant because there are people that I need to help and get this information to. So it was a, a huge driving force for me to get past my own fears and blocks and just, mm-hmm. just do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was basically publishing the book. Because as you know, I, I, I say some, very, some quite personal things about what I went through. And so actually sharing that for the whole world is not an easy thing to do. But no. at the same time, it's so important. If I, if I look back to how I felt, and I felt that I was the, uh, the only woman who was feeling inadequate in this way, despite my huge list of qualifications, I, I, would, I would look at what I'd achieved and it didn't even feel as if it was me, you know? And, Absolutely. And then I thought, well, I need to be able to communicate to that woman who is struggling and her, she can't sleep and her stress is off the scale and her relationship's falling apart because all of this is mounting up for her and she's losing the career that she's worked so hard for and it's not right. She needs to know there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You are trying to fit into a system that was not designed for you. That, that's the bottom line. Yeah, the in, when we go into these workplaces, mm-hmm. they are all created in this, what I call the perfectionist male model. It's, it's the male default. That's the way the world was built. That's history. You know, we don't blame anybody for what history did. Here we are today. We have to understand what we're dealing with. So when we go into these places, we think, or we, give, we, we, we have to fit ourselves in, into the default, into what's there. But instead of understanding this, was, this is a male default model, but I'm female and I can be myself and be in this environment, it doesn't, it, just because it's a male default doesn't mean that's the only way or the correct way or the superior way, it's just what happens to be. Unfortunately, we don't take that message subconsciously. So what happens, we go in there and we subtly get these messages, you're not good enough because you're not male, because you are doing something which is uh, labeled as forbidden for women. I should have mentioned that earlier. Oh, what I found in the subconscious is all of these, these things we want to do and achieve, it's mm-hmm. all labeled as forbidden for us because it's deeply, deeply rooted in the past. So we're getting this message, if you do this, you're going to be punished or you can never be good enough because you don't tick these boxes. And Mm -hmm. we never will, no matter how brilliant we are, we never will tick the box of our male. But we don't realize what's happening. All we get is our subconscious telling us, you're in danger, you shouldn't be doing this. So that is, we misinterpret it as I'm not good enough. We don't realize it's simply that our subconscious is using the wrong benchmark. I love what you said about imposter syndrome. We are imposters. We are imposters. We are imposters. We're trying to be, yes, something we're not. And um, so it's true. We are imposters. And, and um, I, love, I love that you, you coined uh, female history syndrome. And I, I just think it's so much more accurate and it truly yes. describes all of the things that, that all of the elements you, you just spoke about. I think I uh, just want to get back to Rebecca and say one thing. Um, she impassioned you and she raised the bar for you. And it's because of that traumatic transformation that, that we all get to read your book and, and talk to you and have access to you and to have this information. So it's just wonderful um, how something so amazing can come out of 
something so awful. Absolutely, absolutely, and it is, it is, it's her legacy through me. That's that's how I see it. Yes, how beautiful. Because women should be free to be themselves, to achieve what they want, to do what they want, to shine as brightly as they're capable of, even if they are, you know, working on an oil rig or at the top of finance or running a country. Just because yes. all those things are labelled as for men. I want to emphasize this, it's so important to understand, we don't think these things consciously, of course we don't. We are 21st century women, we are wanting to be empowered and be amazing and achieve everything we can achieve. Our problem is that our subconscious mind is not on the same page. It's, it's giving us incorrect messages. And the, the thing with this the history, the female history syndrome, um, should I just explain that a little bit? Yes, please. So the way to think about it is that when you go into a situation, as women, we tend to go on what we feel rather than the facts of the situation. So when when we go somewhere, your your subconscious mind will decide whether you are entitled to be there, whether you're safe to be there. And it does that by looking at all its references. And so what it will do, it will look at really the, the women in your line. So I'm a beautiful example of this. In, in the book, I cite my maternal grandmother, Lily. So she was a kitchen maid in a big house in London. You know, d- domestic work, um, servant. She then became um, a cook. And then wife, mother, widow. That, that, was, that was her life. And she had nothing beyond, I think, um, I don't know when she would have left school, 13, 14. No, no more education than that. Mm-hmm. And, and then... My, my mother had teacher training and got her degree in her 40s. And then here's me, just two generations later, PhD from Cambridge in science. Right? So my subconscious looks at the history of my line. It sees all of those many, many generations of women in the domestic world with no authority, no, no freedom, no education and then suddenly there's me right? and it says oh my goodness what are you doing what do you think you're doing exactly whereas if it's a man when his subconscious mind looks backwards and he's doing something the, the man will always have been in the past the, the breadwinner the one who made the decisions in the family even if it was a family without much status in society it would still be the man who was the decision maker and the one in authority and the one in control so while his history will say, yes, you are entitled to be here, for a woman it says, no, you're not entitled to be here. And that, that gives us this really uh, unequal energetic playing field, as I call it. So we are always struggling against that, that our subconscious is saying, no, you should not be here. And, so, and we don't know it. We have no idea that's know. going on. We have no idea. We just know that we feel insecure. We feel not good enough. And the thing is, the more we pull away from those old benchmarks, the worse it gets, because we are doing things that are more and more and more forbidden. So that, and that then creates internal stress, internal conflict. We are consciously pushing forwards. Our subconscious is saying no and trying to pull us back. And that inner conflict is what creates this huge explosion of stress and anxiety and the burnout. Or it might create a lot of conflict, or Mm -hmm. it, it might... Well, it's basically you can't accommodate that amount of stress long term without something breaking. And it's a, a, whole, a whole picture of the uh, female history syndrome. 
it is a, a cognitive dissonance. It is a fight of the conscious and the subconscious. And absolutely. absolutely. I know that work on the subconscious was new for you. And um, as you said, you are a scientist. You know, scientists yes. tend to be pretty black and white about things. So it was a stretch for you, I'm sure, to to be learning about all of this new information about the subconscious mind. And I think <clears throat> there's a little bit of, of, I don't know if you'd call it a leap of faith, but the subconscious mind, along with your, uh, you know, your theory and teachings about the energies that we mm-hmm. put put out, um, even though you're a hard scientist, you're you're willing to to see how those elements play into this. I think you have to because our history is our history. That stuff happened. Okay, we we know science. We know about the conscious mind. We now know about the subconscious mind. But this thing about the energies is very real. And even though we may not respect this, you know, or we may not hear often about how energies affect us and affect the universe, we we have to we have to on some level agree that it's it plays into our relationships it plays into our lives and how we feel about ourselves and that stuff's all real oh it it so is and i mean i i really looked at it as an equation Uh, and it's like so me with my my life my qualifications in that situation equals huge, enormous stress, frenzy, burnout. It just doesn't add up. There's got to be another factor to explain it. There has to be, because if you look at the facts, there was nothing that would explain it, nothing at all. And in fact, when I started looking at this sort of more alternative side of life, it was really out of desperation because I was getting nothing from conventional medical science at all. Um, nothing and I wasn't prepared to accept that my life was essentially over when I was 30 I just wasn't so I just tried everything with an open mind and it took me on this on this journey and the thing is we we all do feel energies even if we're not aware of it you know if you when you meet somebody and you take an instant liking to them or an instant dislike um, then what or if you you know if you go into an old building mm-hmm. and you sort of feel that it's a bit creepy, you are really picking up that energetic um, energetic side of things. I loved the example you used of being in that that room with um, oh something was in the basement and the the was it the molds that was in the basement and how how you felt the energy from that room. Am I describing this correctly? <laughs> I was in a guest house and it was, it was a beautiful, clean guest house. Um, but when I went to bed, I had the most appalling allergy attack of my whole life. I mean, I'm not asthmatic, but I was actually struggling to breathe. It was so bad. And it turned out that there was a cellar underneath the room, which had been sealed up years ago, but there was mold there and the spores were kind of seeping through the floorboards. So even though the room I was in was completely immaculate and spotlessly clean and modern and beautiful, mm-hmm. there was this kind of hidden poison that my body was reacting to. And that's, that really describes what's, what's happening to us as women when we are pushing these subconscious barriers. 
So we will um, we'll be there in our work environment and we have our rights, our entitlements, our mm-hmm. qualifications, mm-hmm. You know, our, our status officially. But this subtle undermining, this, this whispering that says, you're not, you're not allowed here, you're going to be punished, you're going to be put to death, you're too powerful, you're going to be burnt at the stake as a witch. It's, it's all in the subconscious, and it's in the subconscious of everybody we're interacting with as well. And mm-hmm. it's just seeping energetically into our environment without us realising it. So everything looks fine on the surface, but then you're struggling to breathe. So it, you know, it, it's that, that mismatch. Yeah. And, it's, and be, it's because it's invisible, because it's so subtle, that's why it's so damaging. Because if somebody said, hey, Anne, you are, your stress is really, really high because your subconscious believes that you're going to be put to death for having authority over men in this engineering department, I'd say... Don't be ridiculous. This is absolutely, you know, this is stupid. But that doesn't happen. What happens is that the subconscious thinks that and it starts to trigger, you're in danger, you're in danger, you're in more danger, you've got to hide, you're in danger. And that triggers all the fight or flight responses, Mm -hmm. which then, you know, get that anxiety and that stress. And you don't know why your stress is ramping up. And you see it's, well, I've just got to do the presentation. I've got to do this lecture. I've got to put, have that, go to that staff meeting. But the, the, that underneath the surface, that poison mm-hmm. is just undermining you. And that's why, of course, it got worse and worse the longer I was in that job because it just accumulates. And the higher you go up, the more, you know, the more responsibility you get. You're going more and more into that forbidden territory and you get undermined mm-hmm. more and more. I, I totally, completely agree and i can recall times in my life where i felt the physical manifestations of everything you're describing um with either a knot in my stomach or um it's almost like you can feel something playing in the background i guess they call that stress (laughs) um but but it's exhausting it's exhausting the fact that it the fact that it brought you to your knees is no surprise after being in battle for 10 years. Um, so a couple points I wanted to make. Um, you know, your book talks a lot about how um, patriarchal society and history plays into this, and it does play in in a major, major oh, way. But this is not a male-hating theory or, or book at all. And I just want listeners to know that um, our self-doubt and our, our difficulties with our power um, come from a lot of different sources, you know, and from our history. But the self-doubt that we have and the lack of confidence we have, it affects everything we do, not just our male relationships. So this is an all-encompassing theory and teachings uh, that, that are in the book. It's not, I, I just want to make clear to our, our listeners, it's not just to deal with, with men and women together um, and how they relate to each other. The other point I wanted to make was that, you know, the book it's, is set into two distinct parts. The first part is where you you give us the revelation that we've all been searching for. Yes. It's just, it's such a relief to read those words. It, it's almost like we've been released. 
you know, it, it, that's the best way I can describe it. It's really, truly enlightening. But part two is um, even better, if you ask me. <laughs> part, part two is even better because in part two, you give us the tools to fix it to fix it and overcome it. And it's just, there's so much in this book. I mean, I feel like I, I immediately, when I was finished, I want to read it again. I want to go through it again and get very specific and start working on the keys. I just, I, I'm totally enamored with this research and I, I just, I cannot recommend it enough to every woman on the planet. So, and I, I did also love how, um, in the end, how you narrate the book in the setting of a fairy tale. Oh, yes. It's my, my little, uh, little Grace fairy tale character. Yes. I love how at the end of the story, and I'm going to ruin this for, for the listeners, I suppose, once <laughs> um, she realizes that she can do whatever she wants to do, and she sees her male counterpart standing over in the corner, very tiny, the grass coming over his head. She doesn't get revenge. She doesn't wish to seek revenge on him. She takes him by the hand and says, there's enough success in the world for both of us. And that's us. That's women. That's who we are. We are, at the end of the day, the most loving creatures on the planet and we don't need to we don't need to make you feel small to make ourselves feel better we don't need to do that and I just loved that ending I'm giving myself chills all over again (laughs) it's it's so important to understand that that it's what our history has done is it's told us that we can't be truly ourselves that they what I call that the magical parts of ourselves, the intuitive, the psychic parts that are so much to do with being a woman are forbidden in, you know, in the out in the world environment, you know, especially for people like us who have had like, a Western style education. But when we are shutting down those parts of ourselves, we aren't whole. And so we are you know, we're trying to fit ourselves into that, that box, that patriarchy box, and it's not aligned with who we really are. So how can we possibly thrive like that? And if we just push ourselves and push ourselves because there's no power foundation underneath, we're going to get undermined. And that's what happens. But when you bring all that into place, then you've got the support to actually be yourself and your subconscious supporting you at the same time. That is just so, so important. And it's the the understanding with, with the men is that we all have the same archaic operating system, all of us. So it's not about, blaming men or hating men we all have the same history they need to understand what's happening just as much as we do and we all need to update this operating system and because because what we need we we need to have um flowing female true female power and Mm -hmm. flowing male power in perfect balance that's what we need as as the human race that's what the world needs more than ever and you can see that now (laughs) I mean, you can, uh, um, I, I do talk about in the book about when power gets what I, what I call sort of warped or blocked and it comes out, it, it shifts into a kind of a, the worst version of it. And very often we see the, the negative version of it, you know, and, and a male power that is very aggressive and confrontational mm-hmm. 
and maybe abusive or violent and it's all about, you know, me, 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 and I can bash you because I'm stronger than you. That's not true enlightened male power. That is the warped version. So when that shifts to the enlightened version and women are finally free to activate our true power, that is when we're going to have the balance of enlightenment we really need in the world. And bringing this to the, 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 the understanding of this operating system is, the, is the first step for that. And they might, the, the next book I'm planning is actually for the men so they can understand oh. and get on to a better page as well. So you know, it's not just about us, it's about both you know, men and women finding the, you know, the true power foundation with an updated operating system and allowing that enlightened power to be in perfect balance. Well, my next question was going to be, what are you, what is Anne Whitehouse putting out for us next? And <laughs> well, <laughs> you just answered that question. I just answered that question. Exactly. It, it's got to be two sides of the coin. You, you can't do the one side without the other side. Because while we've been told all these things are forbidden and we have to stay you know, subjugated, even though, of course, we don't believe it consciously and we weren't aware that it was there, but the male programming is often that they define their, their value by how much they are overpowering women. Again, that is the historical pattern. And it's not about, you know, an, an individual man. It, it, this is just as hidden for them as it is for us. And so when, when we shift, that is then going to trigger the same programs in, in the men and that can make it really hard for them because, again, they've, that, that undermines their self-respect, not because they're, they're bad people. Very often they want to be enlightened and trying to be equal opportunities, but they're not being supported by their subconscious. So we have to do, let's say, the two sides of the coin to update the whole thing. That's the only way that it's going to work. So. Oh, we have a lot of work ahead of us, don't we? I, well, absolutely. <laughs> I have a lot of work first because I, I have to put it into a book. <laughs> well, yes. So, um, well, you just promised that to us. So we will be waiting. I want to uh, wrap up in just a moment here, but in, I, I'm going to be quoting you like all over the place for like the next few years. People are oh, going to be anno annoyed <laughs> with me. <laughs> but I love what you said about women having the right to shine or outshine anybody in any situation and um that's i feel like that's important it's so important because we part of this subconscious programming is mm -hmm. limits and we are programmed not to go past the men in our lives and i know that's gonna, it's going to trigger <laughs> out, outrage in a modern woman but trust me it is actually there and what you find is that that there can be like a, an inner glass ceiling that you can't get past your, you know, your husband or your partner in terms of salary or status. And if you mm -hmm. do, then that can trigger a lot of challenges in the relationship because that's that kind of invisible barrier. You've gone too, you've gone too high. So it's getting through those, those limits and the outshining is incredibly important. It's not saying I'm better than this man or that man. It's saying, I'm not held back by where they happen to be. And those are almost the most insidious things of all, because we don't realize that we're being held back. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I want to tell our listeners how to get your book. So I know it is available on Amazon, uh, Pull Back Your Power by Dr. Ann Whitehouse. And is there another, another avenue for them to purchase the book? Your website, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and also it's on uh, Audible and iTunes. I listened on Audible, and when I found out that that was your voice, <laughs> I was, I don't know, I loved you even more. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's, it's such a personal story that even though I've never done anything like that in my life before, I mean, it took nine hours to do that recording. It had to be my voice. It had to be me saying those words. It was just so important to do it myself. Oh, you're so right. And I'm so glad that you did it. I, I truly am. I guess it took on a little bit different meaning for me or maybe more meaning for me when I realized uh, I, I had to go back into the information on Audible to to find out whose voice it was. And um, so it definitely meant more coming directly from you. So Amazon, Audible, um, and what iTunes. was the last one? iTunes, uh, iTunes for the book. Um, I promise you uh, it is life-changing and Anne can also be reached on her website, feminineconfidence.com. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. And where you can learn more about Anne and uh, the different types of online programs and workshops uh, that she offers there. And on behalf of every woman on the planet, Anne, I want to thank you for your research and your persistence in finding our truth and your dedication to helping us live happier, more fulfilled lives. I wish you all the best and uh, we cannot wait to see what you do next. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, you're so fun. <laughs> thank you. And this is This Girl Puts Out, signing off. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And for more stories about real life women, visit thisgirlputsout.com. Thank you.